the Church Report Podcast, exploring challenges the church faces around the world. Brought to you by the Rogo Foundation. Now, here's Scott Camden. Hey, what's going on, everyone? This is Scott Camden with the Church Report, brought to you by the Rogo Foundation. You know, I have the pleasure of serving as the Advancement Director for both Sandals Church and the Rogo Foundation. And in today's episode, I was able to snag one of our executives. Her name is Melody Workman, and she oversees story and experience for Sandals Church over all of our campuses. So thanks for making time to connect with me today. Absolutely, excited to be here. Yeah, awesome. So we're tackling one big question. That's what we always try to take on. And today is, why is worship important? Yeah. So could you just uh, just elaborate on that? You have such a passion for worship, and maybe start with that. Tell people about your background and, and why I chose you to speak on this. Well, um, I grew up singing in the church. I think the first time I actually held a mic, I was about two or yeah. three years old. My dad was a pastor, so I had an inroad mm-hmm. to making it onto the platform. Um, and from a young age, singing was just a part of who I was, part of my family. My whole family sings. Um, but my journey through church has been really diverse. Yeah. Um, I've been in very fundamentalist type churches, very legalistic, um, to very contemporary and even to where I'm at right now in sandals. So I, I've seen it all. Yeah. I've, I've been in a choir robe um, and then I've been, you know, going straight up Pentecostal in jeans. And when, when was the last time that you were in a choir <laughs> well, robe? That was in college. I okay. went to a Baptist college yeah. in the South. So um, I've just, I, I feel like I've seen a lot and I've experienced a lot. And even in the, the different um, kind of environments I've been a part in, it really hasn't mattered even what style or genre worship is. Yep. Worship is a magnet for people in the church. Um, great singing, um, a time to, to kind of take your mind off of what you're going through or what's in front of you and instead thinking on, meditating on something that's higher than you. Right. Um, it doesn't matter if you're singing Southern Gospel, and I've thrown down my, my share of Southern Gospel to, to Black Gospel, to Contemporary, to Extremely Acoustic. Um, it changes a mindset. It changes a mind. It, it allows people to kind of be distracted, but in the best way possible, okay. um, and, and get people thinking in a different direction. Yeah. So it, it doesn't really matter what that looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it, it just is a powerful, powerful magnet for the church um, to, to draw in lots of different people, because who doesn't like good music? Right. Go to a restaurant and sit down with your wife or your husband, and there's just that background music playing, yeah. and then take note of what happens when that goes off for some reason. Everybody notices. Oh yeah, because music has a way of comfort, of consoling, of soothing, of of enlightening, of bringing joy. Where there's you're kind of bummed. You're 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 driving in your car and your mind is full of bills and kids and the fight that you just had. And put on a good song, and next thing you know, you're tapping the steering wheel. You're sure. singing along. It changes your mindset. Yeah. So worship is a huge, powerful tool in the church that we we just need to understand and put a lot of effort towards. I'd love for you to talk uh, just for a moment about thinking of worship in the church and the fact that we put a lot of worship, obviously we worship at the end as well. We have the opportunity sometimes to do that more than others, but in a typical church service, you get some, maybe a welcome and you go into worship and and the message comes later. Um, Why is it there? And just uh, your heart behind that window of time and worship being prior to the message. That's, it's extremely strategic from my point of view. And um, 
I'm kind of, I'm sitting in front of you. So there's a visual that I, I kind of walk through when I'm explaining this to people. Um, if you, if you've got the guy or girl coming into church and imagine their, their arms kind of crossed folded, sure. um, their posture, maybe of I'm not engaging, um, I'm observing, I'm watching, or I'm irritated, or I just had a fight in the car, or I'm here because I'm trying to, you know, get my mom to let me to do something this weekend. I don't want to be here. A, a, a person's posture that's very much leaning out. Mm-hmm. Worship, I think, is the tool that we use to bring the arms down, yeah. to, to lean in a little bit. So by the, by the time the word comes or the pastor shares yes. or the sermon, there's the posture has shifted. Yes. Um, I tell every worship leader, your job is to come in so prepared. Mm-hmm. And I don't just mean your skill. I don't mean, I mean your voice. I don't just mean your, your mad acoustic guitar, electric guitar skills. I mean your heart. Yes. That God would create in you a burden for the people who are walking in like I'm describing. Yeah. And, and, and you're praying over them all week long, and then you're prepared mentally and, and skillfully and emotionally and spiritually to lead them so that you see the posture shift. And boy, have I, over 20 plus years, I'm letting everyone know I'm old, um, yeah. I've seen that so many times. Yeah. And then by the time God's word comes, um, there's an openness, even if it's a crack, sure. even if it's just a, a sliver, there's an opening now where God's word can be deposited in, in the soil of someone's heart and take root. And worship is really the gateway to, to seeing that happen. Okay, so let's we've, we've talked about some higher level stuff here, but I'd love to get into some some practical things. You know, uh, for the benefit of those who are listening, uh, there, maybe there's been a couple light bulbs that have popped for them where they realize that there's some things that uh, maybe need addressing specific to the worship experience at their church. Doesn't matter if you have an average weekend attendance of 15 mm-hmm. or, or of 150 or 1500 coming through multiple services. What are maybe a handful of things that you would suggest uh, the, the worship leader, whether it's a, a one person show or maybe it's a handful of people that, that really anybody that can scale up? Yeah. What could they be doing? What are some simple things they can implement now? to help them start to create a great worship experience as, as quickly as this weekend service. Yes. So um, I'm, here's number one, and this is the most important one, mm-hmm. my opinion. Stop singing bad songs, start singing good songs. <laughs> it, okay. And the person goes, well, what's a bad song, what's a good song? Well, he, here's, here's this analogy I've used for years. Um, I'm super musical, grew up in a singing family, have sung. Married, married a guy who's a worshiper, loves God, but not musical. Not musically inclined. Um, we've we've argued over what skills or gifts he has, and I've just said, <laughs> "I love you, babe." It's not here. It's now, funny. I think my wife has had that conversation with me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and you just you just you want to sing, but you just don't have the gift. Yeah. So we need to recognize as pastors and worship leaders that that is the majority of our church. Yep. Eighty-five to ninety percent of those people are either tone deaf, not musically inclined, not skilled. So you picking your song that you love, that you heard on K-Love and it got you all the feels, may not be the best song for them That's to sing. Yeah. So a good song is a song that is lyrically rich and true. It's yeah. true. We're telling people through music who God is. Yeah. What, what do we believe about God? We, we say it in song. Two, it's really singable. Meaning there's a, every song is a pattern. And so if it's really singable, it only takes a a, a chorus and a verse for anybody who's anybody to hear it, 
and be able to jump in and sing it. Yeah. Um, if you aren't singing good songs, mm-hmm. you're creating watchers, not worshipers. Oh, yeah. And, and you've got to just understand that. So you might be musically inclined and it's unpredictable and it's moody and that's that's giving you all the vibes. You're, you're losing people. Yes. If you don't see people, listen and learn and grab a hold of it. You're not singing good songs. Okay. So that's number one. Yeah. Stop singing bad songs. Yeah. Start singing good songs. Yeah. And what I do, when I'm like, man, this song is amazing. I will throw it to my husband and go, listen to this song and tell me what you think. Yeah. And, and just because I know that he represents the majority of people. <laughs> um, church creatives can be more in love with their creative ideas and yeah. the people that they're there to lead. And that's a problem. So you stop singing bad songs, you start singing good songs. Uh, The second thing I would say is um, there are so many resources out there now to help a church of any size with a worship team of any size. You might have a one-man band. There are resources on YouTube um, Planning Center that you could go on today and go, man, I could start utilizing these tools and resources, many of them that are free. Right. I'm talking about tutorials for major worship songs. Okay. Um, bands like Elevation and Hillsong that are writing some of the best songs we sing, yep. they have tutorials for their songs that mm. they make available for free. That's that awesome. You can just go and learn. So if you're picking good songs, chances are there's really great tutorials to help you deliver those really well. Okay. Th- three, it's 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 pretty easy to to get to gain um, good musicians if you just meet musicians where they're at. Okay. Meaning lower the bar for the guy that's just going to play the guitar, for the guy that's just going to play the drums. He may not be tithing. He may need a haircut. He <laughs> may not use the the most proper language. So don't give him a mic. Yeah, but bring him onto the team. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, sometimes in churches we go, well, if they're going to be in the platform, they should be super Christian. Mm-hmm. I disagree with that. Okay. I think that if you've got a guy who's parking cars who's not super Christian, then you could have a drummer and let them come in. Again, they're not at the microphone. Sure. They're not. They're not asking people. They're not praying, but they're good at the drums. Yeah, they're good on the guitar. Yeah. and then you've invited them into a place where you can begin to influence them. Sure, and they will grow. We, we sometimes get people, I think sometimes we, we make the, the chasm too great for people. Mm-hmm. In other words, we want you to love God and love the church before we've really loved you. Sure. And, and by loving you, it's like you're, you're gifted. You play the guitar. Cool, dude. You want to play? Yeah. And, and we, we lower the bar. Yeah. And then we invite them into an, an opportunity and atmosphere where they can grow. And I think that if, if churches everywhere would grab a hold of that idea and kind of wrestle with that a little bit i get sometimes it makes you uncomfortable yeah like that dude's covered in tattoos okay yeah. he, he can still love god god we know still loves him and we can bring him into a place where he can have a growing relationship with god yeah while doing something that he's really good at and we can benefit from yeah i love that well it's helping helping individuals steward well the talents that they've been entrusted with yeah yeah, yeah i love sure. that i love yeah. that so um i'm gonna put you on the spot i didn't tell you i was gonna do this but i figure as we're wrapping things up uh, I could do this. I want to know your top three worship songs right now. Oh, man. Anytime someone says your top worship song, I feel like frozen. I'm like, oh. <laughs> um, um, I definitely would say The Blessing. Okay. Uh, the Blessing, uh, Carrie Joe, Cody Cairns, and Stephen Furtick, um, actually of Elevation Church, wrote this right before COVID. Huh. So they didn't know COVID was coming. Sure. We didn't know COVID was coming. They write this song. I hear it. And, and two weeks later, we're in lockdown. Yeah. And so it, it became a song that people heard 
and just felt ministered to. Yes. Because it was like reminding us that God can bless you. He can bless your family for generations to come. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's taken from a prayer in scripture. The Lord bless you and keep you, make his face to shine upon you yes. and be gracious to you. Um, and man, when COVID hit, that's God shine on me, yeah. be gracious to me. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, that's definitely one of them. I've also sung that over my children. Yeah. I've been in church being led and I've reached out and put my hand on my sons and my daughter and I've prayed this prayer of blessing over them. Yeah. Another one right now that I love is believe for it by CC Winans. Okay. Um, and it's the reminder that God can move any mountain. Um, he can change anything. And I love the way that the song talks about God because it's like, they say this mountain can't be moved. They say this tide will never change. They haven't seen what you can do. Yeah. There's power in your name. Yeah. And man, we need to be reminded now every day, 24-7, that no matter what's going on in this yes. crazy, chaotic world, yes. God can still do anything. Yep. He can still move a mountain. He can still part a sea. Mm-hmm. He can still raise someone back to life again. And, and so sometimes I say we sing songs that we may not believe in the moment, but man, we sing it with the faith that it'll become yeah. true in our heart. Yeah. Um, and then a third one I would say is goodness of God. That mm-hmm. that's from Bethel. Yeah. Brian and Jen Johnson. Um, and it's man, it's just a reminder. It's it's almost a bomb for my soul mm-hmm. that um I've seen the goodness of God. And the bridge of that song says, Your goodness is running after me. Yes. And gosh, if you look around and you sometimes feel like there ain't nothing good that's running after me. <laughs> it's problems, it's brokenness, it's it's reminders of my past. But yet when I sing that, I'm reminded, no, God's goodness yeah. was determined for me at the cross. Yep. But His goodness continues. It, it's a continual pursuit of me every day, no matter what I've done, what, how I've messed up. And man, when I watch people who, who, have, who say I'm too far, I want to say God's goodness is running after you. Yeah. Um, so th- those would be three. I love it. I love it because all three of those songs, there is so much relevancy to the current state of the nation uh, or, or even of our world. And so being able to sing songs, you're, you're talking about some of those positions of, I don't believe that right now, but but I'm going to believe it in faith. Yeah. I'm struggling with this. But it's um, what stands out to me is when my father-in-law was staying with us, he was battling uh, multiple myeloma and cancer. It was horrible. Um, and he was in a lot of pain. And I would hear him in his room. And he suffered from industrial deafness. So he did not realize how loud his voice was. And he had made flashcards of scripture. And I would hear him in there. And I eventually was asking him, you know, I hear you, you keep reading these. He said, I'm not reading these. I'm preaching to myself. Wow. I'm struggling. I, I, I have fears. I, I'm just, I'm wrestling with some things. So I'm preaching to myself, reminding myself. And I... I picture that in worship when we get to sing some of these songs that we, we are in a way preaching to ourselves at times yes. when we're struggling with certain things, but we're still going to use the voices that God gave us to worship him and to proclaim these truths yeah. and let that kind of water our souls. So, so uh, Melly, I thoroughly enjoyed this. This was great. Thank you so much for unpacking your perspective on why worship is important and for uh, jumping in on the spot and dropping those three songs. Yeah. Uh, Church, I want to let you know as you're listening to this, If you're a part of a church, of a ministry that is struggling with worship, and you'd love to get connected with Melody and the team here at Sandals Church, the best way for you to do that is by contacting the Rogo Foundation. You go to rogofoundation.com, click on Contact Us, drop a little bit of info there, and over the next couple days, one of us will reach out to you and start to understand about the season that you're in, because the Rogo Foundation exists 
to help churches that are in a state of challenge. We want to see them overcome that. And we want to revitalize churches that are on the road to closure. So whichever place you're in, you've got a challenge you want to overcome, or you're really wrestling with the reality that you may have to close your doors because of significant challenge. Man, reach out to us. We would love to serve you and to help you. Hope that you have a wonderful day. God bless you.